Hey, what's up? It is Canucks Talk here on Sportsnet 650. I'm Jamie Dodd. No Thomas Trance today. He's in the air. Uh, en route to New York, I believe. Skipping St. Louis, but he's going to New York. I'll meet the Canucks there on the road trip, so no Drancer today, just me here holding it down, uh, and some guests for the next couple of hours. Canucks Talk brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment. Be a champion on the worksite. Find them together online at D-L-E-A-M-C dot com. I am coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. And uh, just me today. So I got extra time to fill. Don't have five-minute answers to throw to from Drancer today. So uh, get hit, hit me up with your texts. I will read them. I'll take your questions, your thoughts, your comments uh, on anything going on with the Canucks. Hit me up. 650-650. Drancer will be at, back uh, on the show tomorrow for the Friday edition of the show. Uh, but it is a Canucks game day today. They're in St. Louis kicking off a seven-game road trip. Lots to get into today. We'll talk to uh, Brendan Batchelor, voice of the Canucks, of course, here on Sportsnet 650. That's coming up at 1230. We'll get Batch's thoughts on uh, some of the interesting things going on with the Canucks right now, especially as they go out on this road trip, lineup decisions, injuries, roster call-ups, all of those things happening, uh, and some more decisions on the horizon potentially for the Canucks as well. We'll get into that with Batch. At 1 o'clock, we will preview tonight's opponent uh, with Matthew DeFranks from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch covering the Blues. And I find the Blues a very interesting team, not just this year, but also what they're going to do going forward. So we'll talk to, to Matthew about, again, this year's iteration of the Blues, but maybe also a little bit about what the future holds for the St. Louis Blues. As mentioned, it is a Canucks game day, and there's a whole lot to get into, so let's do it. We do it every day here to start the show. It's time for the whiteboard. All right, now, fellas. Hey, let's focus up, huh? That's right. It is the whiteboard, your daily deep dive into what's up with the Canucks for today, January for the two headlines, two big headlines today. First one is, as mentioned, Canucks start a seven-game road trip tonight in St. Louis. And, you know, as mentioned, we'll talk to Matthew DeFranks a little bit later on in the show, more in-depth on the Blues. But I look at this Blues team, and, you know, they're hanging in there. They're above 500, just barely above 500. They're kind of technically still in the mix in the Western Conference playoff picture, although I think the way some of the other teams are are playing and surging a little bit is going to make that difficult to really believe for, for a whole lot longer. And, you know, yet I look at that, where they are in the standings and the record, it's fine. It's not disastrous. It's fine. And I just can't take this team too seriously. And, you know, maybe a lot of that is because back in October when the Blues came to Rogers Arena – the Canucks absolutely stomped them, and that was a 5 nothing win. And, you know, even in that first period, I remember in that game, that, that, that first period against St. Louis might still be the best period that the Canucks have played all year. They were simply dominant when the Blues came. So with that kind of looming large in my mind and just generally being underwhelmed by the Blues lineup and the Blues roster, you know, I look at this one as, hey, it's game one of a, a seven-game road trip, and, you know, there's, look, you got the Rangers, you got the Devils, you got the Islanders, the Penguins, and you can pick holes in the resumes of some of those teams, not the Rangers, but some of the other teams, but still, it's a seven-game road trip. It's inherently difficult. You want to start it off on the right foot. You want to bank those two points early 
before things start to get away from you on the road. And I think the Canucks have an opportunity to do that against a Blues team who, as I said, I, I don't really think is as good as their record indicates this year. And I thought the Canucks demonstrated the gap in quality between these two teams. Not that it's going to be another blowout, another you know demolition like it was back in October, but I don't think there's any question which team is the better team going into this one. And again, first game of a seven-game road trip, uh, I would really look for the Canucks to take care of business tonight against the Blues. And I will say to the Canucks' credit, you know, anytime, pretty much anytime there's been a game where, you know, okay, is this a trap game at the end of the road trip, right? Or is this a game you could look past a little bit? For the most part, the Canucks have taken care of business in these in these spots, right? When there's been a game on the schedule and you say, oh, man, you really should win this one, they've gone out and they've done it. Not 100%. No, no team's going to do that 100% of the time. But I think this Canucks team has taken care of business in spots like these, right, against inferior opponents at key times on the schedule. And I would say this one falls into that bucket at the beginning of a seven-game road trip. So we'll see if the Canucks can continue their habit of taking care of business. A couple of notes about the Blues. Uh, since they last played, they've made a coaching change, of course. Craig Berube out. Drew Bannister behind the bench now. I believe they're 5-3 and three under Drew Bannister, but they have lost their last couple of games. So a little bit of a new coach bump. We'll see, and we'll talk to Matthew DeFranks later, uh, and we'll see tonight if there's any kind of wrinkles, anything that looks different about what the Blues are doing after the coaching change with Drew Bannister. Uh, the other thing I want to note, just from a Blues perspective going in to tonight's game, they've got a really bad power play. And especially, you know, they're, they're clicking at 11%, just over 11%. And in this day and age where the league average is 20%, right, where there's so many dangerous power plays, there's so much offensive talent around the league, that is a number that stands out in a bad way, in a very, very bad way. And we know that the Canucks penalty kill improved, but still not a strength for the team. So I think this is an opportunity for the Canucks PK to maybe build a little bit of confidence, generate some momentum, you know, put up a goose egg if St. Louis does earn some power play opportunities uh, against the power play that's really struggled. And, you know, hopefully you can build that or you can carry that confidence and carry that momentum uh, for the rest of the road trip. Uh, you know, I think the other thing to look at tonight is we all heard what the coaching staff or what Rick Tockett specifically and the players had to say after the win against Ottawa, and it was, hey, we really liked our first period, didn't like our second and third periods very much. And now I know, and we'll play, we'll hear from Rick Tockett later on the show, but I know, you know, one of the things he said uh, meeting with the media down in St. Louis was big emphasis on 60 minutes of hockey, right? And that makes sense. You come at a game where you don't think you played a complete game, you really want to focus on being ready to go right from the jump and carrying that effort, carrying that momentum, that sharpness for the whole 60 minutes. So those are the things to watch for tonight as the Canucks look to begin uh, their seven-game road trip with a win against the Blues in St. Louis. And as I mentioned, I think this is the spot where the Canucks will handle their business and take care of the Blues uh, as they have done pretty much all season long in similar spots. That's the one headline I wanted to hit here in the headline section of the whiteboard. The other one is, you know, not directly related to the Canucks and what they're doing at the NHL level right now, but Team Sweden, a.k.a. Team Canucks Prospects at the World Juniors, beats Czechia 5-2 in the semifinals. So they're going to the gold medal game uh, in Sweden, which is a big opportunity for these kids. And in particular, of course, all eyes on the Canucks trio of 
Jonathan Lekaramaki, Tom Volander, and Elias Pettersson. Volander has an assist in this one, but really the story here is Lekaramaki. He scores twice, including the game winner, and he has really now officially had that kind of breakout star player performance that you wanted to see Lekaramaki have at this tournament. Six goals now, that's tied for the lead at the tournament. And I mean, man, if you were not a hundred percent familiar with Lakaramaki's game or what to expect or you know how he goes about his business on the ice. If you've been watching these games, I don't think there's any mystery left now about what type of player this guy is. This is a guy who's gonna go out there and shoot the puck whenever he's in a decent position. Took another nine shots on goal today, continues to rip the puck at every opportunity, and he's being rewarded with it. Uh, six goals, again, including the game winner today in the third period. And really, all I can say is find something that you love as much as Jonathan LeCaramacki loves shooting the puck because he is all about it, and I love it. I am absolutely here for it. When you have that kind of shot, when you have that kind of weapon, especially at a tournament like this where you know he's not playing against men in the Swedish Pro League. He's playing against his peers. He knows He's the most dangerous player or certainly one of the most dangerous offensive players on the ice whenever he steps on the ice, and he's taking full advantage of what he does well. This tournament, this season, has been exactly what you wanted to see from LeCaramacchi to get back on the trajectory that made him, you know, really a possible top 10 pick. The Canucks get him at 15 in his draft year, but you look at mock drafts, you know, month, a few weeks out from the draft, and there are a lot of people saying, hey, seven, eight. Something like that is where LeCaramacchi could go. Slips to the Canucks. The Canucks, you know, are able to take that. They take advantage of that opportunity and get him at 15. And I think through no fault of LeCaramacchi's own, we all know that last season was really, really tough with injuries, with health issues in and out of the lineup. And there's always the question of, okay, which version are we going to see? How much did that kind of lost year or at least severely disrupted year impact his development? And basically what he's done is he's gotten right back to where you wanted to see his growth and his development go coming out of his draft year. And that is fantastic news for the Canucks to have a legitimate high-end offensive prospect doing what he's doing at this tournament. It's not just about this tournament. This is just an opportunity for us to really see it in a showcase. It's also about the season he's having in Sweden. And from this point on, the conversation with Karamaki, because I think, you know, Look, you want him to finish strong. You want him to do well in the playoffs in Sweden and all of those things. But again, he's gotten back on track. He's gotten back to being the type of prospect the Canucks thought they were getting when they drafted him. Now it's going to be fascinating to see how the Canucks handle his timeline, right? And I know, you know, look, we see what he's doing at the World Juniors, and you look at the Canucks lineup, and how often have we talked about, man, they could use really use another high-end goal-scoring offensive winger in this lineup. I know there are fans who see this type of performance from LeCaramacchi and think, okay, how do we get him in the lineup ASAP, Right. His season's going to end in Sweden. Can he come over next year? Do you, do you start penciling him in for next season based on what he's doing? I get it. I get that enthusiasm. Anytime you see a prospect having this type of success, your mind is going to go there. I completely understand that. But we also know that Rutherford and Alvin's MO, going back to Pittsburgh, has been to be as patient as possible with young players, right? How often have they talked about it here since they've been in Vancouver? We want to give guys every opportunity to learn and develop at the AHL level. Make sure when they come up, when they join the NHL team, they are ready to help us win. They're ready to stay in the NHL. Again, we saw it over and over in Pittsburgh with a lot of success. 
You look at that player development program. We're seeing it now, I think, with Vasily Podkolzin. Even Niels Hoaglander, right? They sent down to the AHL last year. He's with the NHL now and in and out of the lineup, but still, they made sure to get him that extra de- extra development in the AHL. It's always possible that LeCaramacchi forces the issue, right? Comes over, starts next season in Abbotsford, plays so well that there's no other real option other than to bring him up. But I would expect Rutherford and Alvin stick with their track record here and be patient with LeCaramacchi. And for the record, I think that's 100% the right call. I don't think you rush a prospect who you're not 100% sure is ready for the NHL just because there might be a need in the lineup at the NHL level. I think you have to play this situation with the long game in mind. What's best for LeCaramacchi's development is also what's going to be best for the Canucks long-term. That's what you have to do here. So it's great that he's having this tournament. And hey, best-case scenario, yeah, he's with the Canucks, you know, next year potentially lighting the lamp in the NHL, but you also got to keep your mind on the long game here. And I think Alvin and Rutherford have shown that they have the track record of doing that when it comes to bringing young players up and developing prospects in the NHL. That's the headlines. Those are your two headlines for the whiteboard today. Canucks starting the seven-game road trip, and Jonathan LeCaramacchi continues to steal the show at the World Juniors for Sweden as they advance to the gold medal game. In the broadsheet, the rumors section, not much going on today. Quiet day from the insiders on the rumors uh, as it pertains to the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, what is it Drancer always says when there's nothing to report here? They're looking to add. They're looking to add, but it's tough to do. I'm sure they're working the phones. I'm sure they're working the phones. That's that's typically what's going on. But uh, nothing official to add in the broadsheet section of the whiteboard today. Lineup notes on a game day, on a Canucks game day from St. Louis. And this is going to be a really fascinating one. We'll hear from Rick Tockett a little bit later on the show with some of his brief commentary uh, on the lineup and on some of the decisions. But, of course, you remember going into last game against Ottawa, they had basically the entire roster, healthy roster, uh, not including Carson Soucy, who's still on LTIR, take warm-ups, right? And talk had said before the game, hey, we've got some game-time decisions, and ultimately it was Niels Amon who sat out. Both Kuzmenko and Hoaglander were in the lineup, but then Phil Giuseppe leaves, they ended up playing most of the game with 11 forwards. So now Phil Giuseppe is out. Linus Carlson has been called up from Abbotsford. And per uh, Canucks reporter Kate Pedersen, who's on the ground in St. Louis, this is how the Canucks lined up at their morning skate in St. Louis today. First line, Pedersen with Mikheyev and Sam Lafferty, who gets bumped back up to that spot where we've seen him a little bit. Second line, JT Miller between Pew Suter and Brock Besser. So Pew Suter getting a chance, another chance in the top six. Third line, of course, remains the same. Bluger between Joshua and Garland. And then on the fourth line, you had Niels Amon, Linus Carlson. And taking turns doing rushes on that line uh, was Niels Hoaglander and Andre Kuzmenko. So that would suggest that one of Hoaglander or Kuzmenko is going to be a healthy scratch, or at least could be a healthy scratch tonight. Now, Kuzmenko also per... Kate Pedersen was practicing with power play one, so seems likely he'll be in the lineup, which would kind of put the focus and the spotlight on Niels Hoaglander. You know, I will say it would be a little surprising to see Linus Carlson come up from the AHL and immediately get into the lineup over either Niels Hoaglander or Andre Kuzmenko. But at the same token, you know, Tockett has said that he's liked Carlson's game and his other call-ups this year, and we know that there are ongoing issues that Tockett has with both Andre Kuzmenko and Niels Hoaglander in their games and some of the details in their games. So we'll see where that goes. And, you know, Tockett said they'll probably treat it like the Ottawa game where more than the full complement 
uh, of 18 skaters will take warm-up, and then it'll be kind of a game-time decision. So we likely won't know until really the drop of the puck here or, or very close to the drop of the puck who's going to be in, who's going to be out. It is interesting, you know, the healthy scratches have fueled so much trade conversation around Andre Kuzmenko and his future with the Canucks. And I do wonder if we start to get to that point with Niels Hoaglander as well, especially if Linus Carlson is coming up and slotting into the lineup ahead of him. And again, we don't know that that's going to be the case. We're just kind of reading the tea leaves based on off morning skate here. But, you know, at a certain point, you start to look at Niels Hoaglander, who's on a cheap deal, you know, young, cheap talent with a bit of offensive upside. Even if he is in and out of the lineup, that still might be an attractive trade ship uh, that you can cash in at some point. So I don't think we're there yet, but the fact that we're talking about, you know, Hoaglander, Kuzmenko, both as potential, potential healthy scratches tonight, or one of them as a potential healthy scratch anyways, I think that's going to keep both of those players kind of in the limelight when it comes to the rumor mill as we get closer to trade deadline here. Thatcher Demko starts, no surprise there. And I did just want to highlight as well, you know, Pew Suter getting the chance to play with JT Miller and Brock Besser tonight, uh, skating on the left wing. And look, we really saw it in that Ottawa game, and Talkett mentioned it as well after. Suter is, uh, I, I feel almost bad saying this because he is Swiss, just like the ultimate Swiss Army knife, the guy who can literally do everything, play anywhere on this lineup, play down the middle, play on the wing, top six, bottom six. Like, just in the last two games, we've seen him center the fourth line, move up to play on every line possible uh, in the Ottawa game, and now he gets to start on the wing in the second line. And not for a single moment have I seen him on the ice in a certain position and thought, oh, I don't like Suter there. Yeah, do I think he's going to do a good job complimenting JT Miller and Brock Besser? Absolutely. Do I think you could slide him down to center of the fourth line? Yeah, of course you could. What a great fit he has been as, again, that ultimate Sarmi knife, ultimate versatility, forward depth that they can move up and down wherever they need him to be in the lineup tonight. Those are your lineup notes. Oh, and by the way, the one other thing, as I mentioned, Demko starts. So with Linus Carlson called up now, Canucks roster full at 23. So if you're wondering when is Carson Soucy going to be available, well, we're going to need to see another move first before they're able to activate Carson Soucy from LTIR. That could be a, go a player going down. That could be Phil Giuseppe going on to just IR to open up a roster spot. But from this point right now, uh, certainly Carson Soucy not an option tonight. We will need to see something happen for the roster. There will have to be a corresponding move to create that room for them to activate Carson Soucy. So until you see that, uh, don't expect Carson Soucy back in the lineup for the Canucks. But that's going to be a story that we monitor on this road trip. Because, yeah, I would still bet on Carson Soucy getting in at some point in these next seven, seven games. Uh, playoff forecast tonight, no real relevant games on the schedule from a Canucks perspective last night, so no real changes to the Canucks playoff forecast. They are still sitting very, very pretty at a 96% chance to make the playoffs per uh, Dom Lucision's model at the Athletic. And again, this is the one that impresses me more than the 96% chance to make the playoffs. 33% chance to win the division. That is really, really good. That is a really, really good chance to make the division and or to win the division. And look, we can talk about it a little bit more later in the show. But as you start to as the focus starts to shift from can they hold off the teams chasing them to make the playoffs to, well, who are they going to match up with in the playoffs in round one of the playoffs? Man, winning that division is so, so important because that opens up the possibility of getting you know, maybe even that second wild card team, if you can win the conference from the Central, and that looks like it could be a way easier matchup than anything from the Pacific Division. So that race and a 33% chance to win the division, that's the number I'm keeping 
the closest watch on here for the remainder of the season because I think that's the real high-stakes number when it comes to the Canucks' chances to not just make the playoffs but do some damage, win some rounds. Win a round. Let's start with that. But then maybe win some rounds beyond that uh, once they get there. Betting odds tonight, Canucks minus 150 favorites on the road in St. Louis. That's an impressive number for a road favorite. Again, I started the show saying, look, I think there's a clear – gap in quality between these two teams there's no there's no question there's no doubt in my mind about who the better team is it's clearly the Vancouver Canucks and I think you see that reflected in the odds for a team on the road to be minus 150 uh those are the odds makers saying yeah we know which team is better here we know which team is better here and it's the Vancouver Canucks six and a half is the over under kind of like the under yeah, Blues don't have a great power play, so are they going to be able to score five on five the Canucks have been pretty stingy at five on five Demko's in net Yeah, the Canucks can light the lamp a lot, but if they hold things down defensively on the other end, 4-1, something like that, 3-1, I could see that. Kind of like the under uh, on 6.5. And And by the way, you can get plus money on the Canucks to win in regulation at plus 110. So minus 150 is overall, you know, taking into account overtime shootout. But if you like the Canucks to clearly take care of business against the St. Louis Blues, uh, plus 110 to win in regulation is an interesting one, I think, for the Canucks and the Blues tonight. All right, there it is. That is your whiteboard for today, January 4th, as the Canucks get set to take on the St. Louis Blues uh, in St. Louis. Later on from the show, we'll hear from Rick Tockett. He spoke to the media down there in St. Louis today and hear a little bit from him about what he's looking for as he kind of continues to churn through options for that final forward spot or that final, those final couple of forward spots in the lineup. What do guys like Andre Kuzmenko and Niels Hoaglander need to do to lock down a job? So we're not coming on every day wondering, hey, is one of these guys going to be a healthy scratch? We'll hear that from Rick Tockett uh, a little later. Brendan Batchelor will join us next. He's going to call the game, of course, tonight against the Blues. Matthew DeFranks from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch joins us at 1 o'clock to get in on the Blues perspective here. And uh, hit me up with your text. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. No Drancer today. It's just me. So give me your text. Give me something to talk about for the rest of the show. Hit me up. 650-650. Brendan Batchelor joins me here on the other side. The voice of the Canucks here on Canucks Talk. Sportsnet 650.